from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. This is Locked On Chiefs. I know you're all a little shell-shocked right now. We are as well. We're going to talk about the news that came out on Thursday. You know, at least they, they waited or they got it out early. They didn't wait till Friday news drop, which is what they usually do when we're behind the curve because we record our last show of the week on Thursday night. So welcome, folks. We're going to get into all those details, what it means, where we're going about this offensive line here in just a second. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and your host at RGR Football. And I am Chris Clark. This is a lot to talk about, and I do, you know, obviously thank you all for listening. I do appreciate that as well. Uh, Both of us do. What I will say, though, is looking at this situation and the way it's played out for Kansas City, I never saw this coming. Simply put, I never saw them cutting both of them, Uh, especially not with the way Brett Beach came out and talked about it two weeks ago. Well, by the way, whenever that was. Congratulations, Brett Veach, for your uh, Emmy nomination or whatever the uh, Oscar goes to, uh, because that threw us all the way off, right? It, it certainly Absolutely. wasn't what I was expecting either. I honestly was very, uh, I, I was very 50-50. I didn't think that Mitch Schwartz was going to be able to come back and play right away. Now we're hearing rumors that he might actually retire. And so that was certainly a rosy picture that Brett Veach painted. But the Fisher thing to me was more of a shock. Yep, absolutely. And I'm on board with you on both of those because I thought that it was going to be crazy to have one of those guys back for the start of the season. And Beach was talking like they could both be back for the start of the season. Neither of those seemed like a realistic possibility for me. And so let's get into it really quick. With the cuts, they now have dead money of almost $7 million allocated to those two guys for this year. Yeah, seven million isn't bad, honestly, for two starters that we're talking about. This is much as hard as it is to make this cut because of who they are, what they've been to this roster. The dead money is like the least of the thought in the process in my mind. No, it definitely should be. Although I will say this when it comes to the dead money, you have to realize that that's dead money that you can't get back. And in any of years, <laughs> In any year that you do it, it's not fun to have a lot of dead money. Uh, but it, this year, when the cap is actually going down and being even more restrictive, it's not fun to have almost $10 million in dead money total uh, between all of the cuts with Schwartz, Fisher, Okafor, and Breland Speaks. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a lot going on. I, I tell you, the bigger thing for me is the chunk of the cap that they got back because I think that despite the dead money, I mean, it's less than Eric Berry was against the cap last year, right? So while it's not optimal, it's not crushing either. So when it comes to the cap space and what they can do moving forward, especially when clearly as optimistic as they were in the press conference, it feels like they acknowledge what I'd said all along is there's no way Eric Fisher was going to play until midseason and paying him that much money for what is not even going to be, I don't think, 10 games total. That's a real big stretch. Yeah, but it's really hard for me to, and I understand where you're coming from, and I I get what you're saying, but at the same time, it's really hard for me to justify it from that perspective. From and I'm a money guy and a numbers guy, so I'm sitting here looking at it and going, I get what you're saying. You're paying him a lot of money for only ten games, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, you're paying him that a lot of money for ten games, but this is also money that he's earned from you know his previous extent in Kansas City as well. So. 
it's just a tough situation and it's going to be tough. And there's a lot to talk about when it comes to this. You know, there's another bit of news that came out. And although we knew he was going to be a free agent, it does sound like Austin Ryder will not be back in Kansas City. No, it does not. And that's that's pretty much what I had planned for all along, because quite frankly, the performance wasn't there. And another player above 30 that we knew they were going to have to go find a replacement for just functionally. And there are a lot of things that go into that, but just the the baseline, and everyone's going to throw that stat that he didn't allow a sack last year. That's true, but he didn't help the guards either. The guards got demolished quite often. And yes, the tackles broke down in the end, but that was post-Fisher, so I, th- I think we have to take that caveat with it. But the three of them are the three most experienced guys on that that roster from last season, and that's discounting the fact that uh, that Osemele and Wisniewski were on one-year deals uh, as well as Remmers to begin with. So that's not an LDT could be back, but you know, that's a question mark at this point. I people say he's coming back and, and maybe he does, but maybe they cut him too. I, I will say this Kansas city is in a position. And when we get back from the break, I want to talk about this really quick because they are in a position now with those two moves to get to where they could sign just about anybody that they possibly wanted. Yeah, it'll take some work, but that'll be really interesting. Let's get to that coming up next. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are going to be back in full swing. And Bet Online even covers award shows, reality TV, all kinds of stuff. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We're covering everything you need to know about the Chiefs, but what about the rest of the league? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by Peter Bukowski, and it's all about sports, all you need, all the news, every morning, and it's under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And like you hinted at the beginning of the, or the end, I'm sorry, of the last segment, anyone is is just a, a little bit more so than I ever expected to be able to say at this point. Clearly, in my opinion, these cuts mean that Brett Veach has a plan. I don't know what it is. I'm not sure, but he's got a plan because you can't make this move without knowing where you're going. And you're right. Signing someone, he did say, if we're going to take the other grain of salt from that press conference, he did say they're going to look to bolster the offensive line in both free agency and the draft. Well, clearly they have to do that. So in your mind, what is being able to sign anyone with the volatility and the number of deals that you can still get done to make room? All right. So if we go look, and I can't imagine that they would be restructuring uh, LDT. So if they cut LDT, it doesn't really look like it's going to save them. That much money. So honestly, that's probably not a move they're going to make. I think he's probably playing in Kansas City this year. Maybe he does a restructure. Um, you know, if they restructured him, they'd save a million dollars there. But here's the thing. So Kansas City right now, according to over the cap, is at $196 million. Uh, they have about 188.5 is their cap number. So they're about eight over. Uh, so there's something on OTC that's different than everybody else has. And I'm not exactly sure what that is, but. A simple restructure of Tyree Kill gets them to probably under the cap mm-hmm. based on where they need to be. 
So that's $6 million. So let's take that out of the equation for the rest of this conversation. Restructuring Frank Clark could give you another $12 million this year. Restructuring Patrick Mahomes gives you seventeen and a half. Restructuring Chris Jones gives you thirteen and a half. So you could get $30 million between Patrick Mahomes and Chris Jones, whose contracts I would argue were set up to be restructured. Mm-hmm. And that's my thought this as year. well. Tell- so I think they're going to get those two, sorry, right off the bat. And then really quick before we go on, I would not be shocked if they restructure, restructure Frank Clark, restructure Ty- uh, Travis Kelsey, and I don't think that they need to, but maybe they even look at restructuring Anthony, Anthony Hitchens. If you do all of those moves, you could be close to $60 million in free cap space going into this offseason. Now, explain what you mean and how that works. When you restructure, you're basically taking the roster bonus, because that's how most of them are set up, right? And paying that yep. out. Yep. You are basically taking it as a signing bonus. So that is the way that would work. Uh, and Frank Clark is, is set up right now for an $18.5 million salary. So what they could do is they could call that, they could transfer it into a signing bonus, part of that at least, and transfer that out over the next five years or, or the length of his contract. So they would gain the, a lot this year and lose in the future. Now, here's the key on all of this, though. And I know a lot of people are saying, yes, you can do that with Jones. You can even do it with Chris Jones, although people some for some reason don't think that they should do it for Jones, which doesn't make any sense to me. But you can do it for Mahomes. You can do it for Kelsey. They don't want to see it done for Hitchens, and they don't want to see it done for Clark. I get it to an extent, but here's the thing you need to know. One, Frank Clark is not going anywhere. (laughs) Uh, I understand that you don't like the sack numbers he's put up for Kansas City, but he is still one of the premier players at his position, uh, regardless of sacks. That's not just the only thing that they look at, and that's a lot of what fans look at. So that's going to piss some people off. But here's the other side of it. You're looking at a situation where the cap was $182 this year. There's a possibility that depending on if you have new TV contracts and everything goes back to normal for the 2021 season, you could be sitting at a cap that's closer to 220, 225 million next year. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at a $40 million gain. So that's why I think that Kansas City is making some of these moves that they are looking at the tea leaves. And also, they probably know a lot more about what those TV contracts are going to look like and what the cap is going to look like three or four years down the road to where they know, okay, well, if we go sign this guy for, say you go out and give a guard $50 million, go say you go get like a guy like Joe Thune, mm-hmm. and you pay him $50 million, you can afford it because, yeah, you, you can create the cap space this year, but you can also afford to back a little, a little bit because you know the cap's going to explode. But if you sign him now, He's going to be under a contract now, and it's going to be even better in two years when the contract, when the you know the TV contracts start kicking in and the cap explodes. Yeah, and, and that's the thing that I think everybody has to realize is that when we talked two weeks ago, and I said you have the opportunity to get younger here. That's certainly the case, but you also have the opportunity to get rid of some of those contracts that were going to cost you down the line and have more room. Yes, this is a. a it's like, what do you call those uh, those bars that, you know, you dance and you have to get under? I can't remember what that is. The somber or whatever it is. Um, like, you have to get under the bar now. But you're leaving yourself more room in 
years to come. And I think that that is the overall advantage. Um, I expect also that they are going to do those restructures, at least one or two of them to get under. The question is, and I think for me, I still feel like Tyron Matthew needs to be extended and that will save them some money as well. No, and I do think that that's going to happen. And I, and I'm just curious as to how many years they're going to add on to Matthew. Uh, you know, he isn't 24. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'm not saying he's over 30 cause he's not, but you know, how many years do you want to give him? And, you know, honestly, they could look at redoing another deal with Tyree Kill. Give him another four years on his contract. I mean, I think you could safely feel good about doing both of those types of moves. But the thing is, with Kansas City, you have the ability to create more cap space if you want to. It's just a question of whether or not uh, you're going to. You know, I'm, I'm looking here right now. If you cut Damian Williams, that's another $2 million in cap space just automatically. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, you know, there's ways to get under. I do think that the Mahomes uh, restructure is something that they already had planned on doing. I'm guessing Chris Jones as well. So both of those are not going to shock me. The thing that this move tells me today is that they are either getting ready to make a move in the next couple of days before free agency starts with some of the guys that have already been released or they want to get everything and all their ducks in a row and be ready to hit the ground running when free agency starts and be able to go get whoever they want. That's my thought as well. And that's probably where we need to go next is what is their plan going forward? We don't know any confirmation yet, but we have some reasonable ideas. I think we'll do that next when we get back from this. The chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics versus us do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing their prices based on whims like the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice the money for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. Now, there's a couple of names that I think are going to jump right off the block right away. And I really am interested in your take because the top two names that are tradable for at this point, and... well, let me let's let's back up. Let me ask you this. Do you think a trade is in the future for the tackle position, whether it's right or left? I think Niang takes the right, but what do you think? I mean, it's possible. The problem is is who you're gonna trade for. Uh I have a really hard time, you know, Orlando Brown is out there in Baltimore. I have a hard time believing Baltimore is gonna trade him within the conference. Uh, but maybe they're, you know, maybe if you're willing to sweeten the deal enough, they're going to. Problem is, Kansas City has so many needs, you really don't want to be sending a lot of draft picks away. That's my point. And I, I don't know what the Ravens would do 
Brown is certainly one of the two, I think, ends of the spectrum in terms of what's available. Um, not as free agents that's retreads, not as free agents that are, you know, at the end of their careers, which I think they might end up doing as well. And not as draft picks. You have Brown, who's the young ascending guy who wants to play on the left. And one of the reasons that uh, I completely blew it off when it first happened is because Eric Fisher was here. Well, that changes things a little bit. And you're right about the inner conference trade. That's that's a significant thing. But he's also going to be the more expensive long term in terms of stacking these contracts up. No, he is. And I think the other thing that really plays into it being the same conference is Kansas City's Baltimore's principal challenger. And you don't want to make them better. So that's why I have a hard time seeing them do that. Yeah, and that's fair. The other option is um, one, the, the other Trent, Trent Williams, who is supposedly available, but is a two-year stopgap at the outside, in my opinion. He's older. He's plus 30 at this point. Super expensive relatively this season, unless you do, unless he's comfortable with what accounts to a one-year, $10 million contract that is actually has like four void years or something, so they can space that hit out and only really pay him for one season. Yeah, I I understand why you're going to throw Trent Williams out there. My problem is, is, one, he's over the age of 30. I really don't want to go that direction. Two, the most you're going to want to pay him for is two years. Uh, although he had one of his best three seasons, I think, from what I read last year, even after he had a year off. But you also have to wonder, he had a year off. Mm-hmm. Did that help him have a better season? So there's a lot of things that are going to play into account there. The other issue with Trent Williams is, like you said, he's going to be very expensive, and and I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, I mean, I, I have a hard time believing that you could get him for $10 million. I think you'd have to be looking closer to 15. Uh, but, man, it's it's really tough to know whether or not you're going to be able to go get a guy like that. I think that you're more than likely going to be looking at trying to sign maybe a, a lower tiered left tackle and and hope to maybe find one in the draft. Yeah, that may be the best way to go about it because those are two, the two big options, right, in terms of trading for someone. Then there's going to be the releases. Um, you could go with uh, with the Riley Reif, Reef, uh, however you pronounce that, uh, who is a definitely not that caliber of player or even has the hope to be, but he is a, a stopgap. He could maybe float you for a year or two. Shouldn't be as as expensive. Uh, he's a free agent now. He was released. So maybe there's an option there that maybe they don't feel like they have to get the quote-unquote tackle of the future. Maybe they get somebody that can tread water for a couple of seasons, keep Patrick safe while you develop a draft pick. Because I think some of the more intriguing picks in this draft are guys that should be second and third rounders that will take a little time to develop. Yeah. And it's hard to know what you're going to have to do in, in this position. The one thing I will say is I will not be shocked if we have five new starters on the offensive line. I, it seems outlandish, but at this point, right? <laughs> I never thought Fisher and Schwartz would be gone. I I thought they'd at least try to bring a writer back for a cheap amount, but that doesn't sound like that's going to happen. So at that point, uh, I don't see a simile back. I know people are asking about him. I just can't see him back coming back with the two tendon tears that he had in both knees. I just, that's really questionable to me. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, it wouldn't shock me if they go out and they say, okay, well, uh, you know, we saw what happened in the Super Bowl. We're not going to let that happen again. And they go try to load up an offensive line. Honestly, I think that could be one of the best investments they could ever make. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this too. 
Um, I agree with you on assembly. I'm not convinced that he can come back and play. If he did, and you get LDT back. And so I, I would count him as a kind of a returning starter, just not last season, right? So I think if LDT is in shape and he is 90% of what he was prior to leaving, I think they can get by for a year or two. And I'll tell you this. Laurent can do the polling you need in a, in a power system as well. I do think that he needed to develop a little bit more strength uh, in terms of, of blowing people off the ball. Maybe he's been able to help that. Maybe he's lost some ground there. I don't know. But if you were to get Assembly back and LDT back, I think you can move Allegretti to center. And then you have an interior three that actually shifts your concept from a zone-based system to more of a balanced hybrid system where you can run some zone and you can run some straight-ahead power. I think that also lends itself to why you wouldn't even consider bringing Austin Ryder back. It's just a possibility, but it could be interesting. Well, and I th- and I like what you're saying there, and, and that's and it's, you're in a situation where now at this point, if you're going to be replacing, okay, at, at the mo- at the least, you're replacing three of your five. Although I would argue that you're probably replacing four of your five, unless you're going to move Allegretti to center. I really don't think you're going to have him at left guard again. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you are. I mean, I think he played okay there, but I don't think that's going to help a young guy if you have a young guy at left tackle. Uh, and so to me, I would think that you're going to have at least four new starters on the offensive line. And that's a lot. That's a huge ask. So if you're going to have four new starters on the offensive line, maybe you do change what you're doing and you decide to go in a different direction. I mean, that's a lot of turnover at the offensive line position, but as uh, you know, our, friend Brandon Thorne pointed out, Kansas City's in a great position to be able to do that with the head coach they have, the QB they have. And I know a lot of people don't like him or have given him a hard time, but Andy Heck as well has done a pretty good job with this unit. Yeah. I mean, they've been able to roll through what I think was probably um, the most challenging season and they made it to a Super Bowl. So uh, let's give them credit where credit's due. Does that mean that they can do that with developmental players? I, I think that's a legitimate question because when you think back in the, the the Andy and Andy tenure, how many guys have they drafted and brought up and and gotten all the way there? There's LDT. Zach Fulton made some progress, but then you let him go because he hadn't progressed enough. You did draft. Well, you've got Allegretti right now, so right. You got Allegretti. You got Fisher, who did progress and obviously came in at a, a pretty big disadvantage injury wise. Was Morse before Andy? No, no. Mitch Morse counts. So, and if it wasn't for concussions, uh, he might still be on this roster. That's true. And then you would be in a much better position because you'd at least have the center position taken care of. Um, I, I'm not saying that they can't make it work, and please don't take it that way in any way, shape, or form. What I'm saying is that regardless of anything else, <laughs> replacing 60% of your starting offensive line in one offseason is never going to be good or fun. No, it's scary. And... While I like what uh, Niang brings, and maybe he is their plan at right tackle, uh, maybe that is the plan for for that position. Uh, it's still a risk mm-hmm. because you simply don't know what you have. Even I don't care if you've seen him work out until he gets on the field and until he goes through a season. You don't know what you have at that position, so it's I guess it's guesswork. Yep. Uh, and you're going to have that with any rookie, and that's fine, but. You know, at this point, can you have that many rookies? I mean, what are you going to do? If LDT comes back, that helps the guard and that maybe the right tackle position. Mm-hmm. If you sign a guard, 
maybe that's going to help your other left tackle in the center position as well. So maybe Thune or a Zeitler or any of those other guards that have been released uh, could come in and maybe those guys fit. Uh, you know, maybe you go look at a center out there. I Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I mean, honestly, and, and honestly, you say yes, 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 but I would almost rather go young at center than young at left tackle. That That's my thought as well. And with the plethora of guards that are out there, you can get, I think, veteran help, and, and maybe you can you can do that at tackle as well. But you can afford, I think, to invest in in the tackle youth, because I think this class drifts itself towards athleticism. I think the centers are fewer and farther between, and quite frankly, I think there's less of them that can play in a hybrid scheme like Andy Reid wants to run. So I think that is a significant position of need at this point, especially with the news with Ryder. Yeah. No, I definitely think it's it's something that they need to look at, and I, they're going to have to figure it out. I don't know what they're going to do right now. Um, you know, who's the the best center out there? Uh, Marquise Pound? Uh, no, Pouncey retired. Nick Martin. Uh, he's a street free agent. You could go get him. Alex Mack is out there, but you're talking about a guy that's 36 at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you start getting into the center position. Okay, so. Uh, the, one of the cheapest guys from last year is Dan Feeney from the Chargers, who's 27, but he's also probably the youngest. So, you know, you're only going to be going up from there in both expense and in age. Yeah. And, and it gets more and more difficult. So I, I think what, what about a guy like Corey Lindsley? Possibly, but I, I know he's, I know he's 30. He, but, he is, but he's going to get paid as well. It's, I, I would I would tend towards going back down to the draft for that particular position, but it's certainly a possibility. Yep. Yeah, the problem is, and, and this is where you know both of us are are going to struggle, is that you're sitting here looking at all these different positions and all these different players. It's just hard. What do you want? What do you prefer? Do you prefer to go with age over experience at center and maybe go younger at tackle? Well, I think that's a risk. But then you could also make the argument that going age at left tackle and youth at center is a risk because if you have somebody coming through the middle, it's even worse. Well, if I know Brett Veachie has a plan and it, well, I understand that, I just <laughs> we don't know what it is. But I, I, I say that to say this, I think it's going to be a bit of both. I think you're going to see them try to get cheap veterans and draft both of those positions in particular. Maybe the guards, there's enough volume there that you can get by. I still think Rankin is a guard, not a tackle. So I think that takes away, again, part of the left tackle scenario. But so maybe that's what it is, is you just try to fill both aspects of a veteran and a young guy at that particular position at right tackle, left tackle, and center. Yeah. Well, it's just hard because, I mean, right now you're looking at free agents of uh, most of the bigger name free agents that are out there right now are all over 30 years old. Mm -hmm. Russell Okun, Trent Williams, Riley Reef. Alejandro Villanueva uh, and Marshall Newhouse, they're all over 33. And then you have Jason Peters out there that's 30, 39. So, um, and I'm not saying you go with Jason Peters. I'm just saying uh, all the rest of them are, it looks like they have mostly been backups throughout their career. So it's not a good pool to be pulling from. No, it makes it challenging. That's that's for certain. And and, and, the, and the worst part for Kansas City is you're sitting here at a position of absolute need at 31 and more than likely all the top tackles are going to be long gone by then. Exactly my point. That's why the developmental guys that are going to be the next round or two down, I think might be the way that you have to go. 
Although we will see, I haven't completed the uh, the tackle films yet. Hopefully, we'll have that in the next week or two, and, and we're going to keep working on it. And we're probably going to get more of an inkling here as we are less than a week away from free agency. So keep your ears peeled, folks. We will have reaction for you and analysis on everything that does go down at any of these positions. And uh, we might even float a few more theories your way. So please make sure that you check back with us. We are here five days a week, all year long. doesn't matter whether it's free agency, the Super Bowl, or anything in between. So we hope that you are enjoying this portion of it. It, I think, got a little bit more exciting today. And I think we're going to have a good week next week. So we thank you for everything you've been doing for us. Leave your iTunes reviews. Please hit the five stars and let us know what you'd like to hear or what you're enjoying now. We appreciate you spending your day with us. Thanks for listening now, and we'll talk to you next week. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.